sometimes I like to just stay in my room and not go downstairs so I don't have to interact with my parents. <laughs> oh, and that's a slice, slice of, of life. life. All right, hey guys. So we're bringing you our first series, which is a slice of advice Sanjana can explain. It's basically where we're just going to talk about, like, we, we, we're pretty young. We don't have that much experience in life, but I feel like we have some experience. And we're going to share whatever advice we've learned along the way regard, in this episode specifically regarding friends and family. Yes, and so keep staying tuned because our next episodes, I don't know, they get really interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if yeah. you have any topics of that you want us to give advice on, and if we can, like, I don't know, schoolwork, motivation, um, anything like that, just email us. Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> okay, so... Should we start with friends or should we start with family? Because I have a lot to say about both of them. Doing friends. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I I had, like, I think, like, freshman year, I had so many friends. Like, and I would just, like, talk to anybody, right? And, like, i just become friends with whoever I wanted to. But now, like, my friend group is a lot smaller. Like, very, very, very small. I don't even necessarily think I have, like, a friend group. Like, you know, like, just everyone goes to one place at one time. It's just different sets of friends, you know? And that's good. And I feel like this is especially a good topic because you and I tend to be opposites in this. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, you went into, you know, our high school with a bunch of different friend groups. And I walked in knowing two people. (laughs) One of who I was friends with. But that one did not stay friends with me for years. But, you know, like, you drop, you lose some friends through high school, you stay friends with some. It's very off and on, to say the least. <laughs> okay, so, as for you being a social butterfly, <laughs> or you were a social, I don't know. I don't know, like, I feel like I'm a social butterfly in introverted situations, but during extroverted <laughs> situations, like, party scenes, or just, like, where everyone else is talking... I literally just close up and sit in a corner. It's so bad. I don't know why. Oh. Do you want to talk about, like, how you make friends or how you made a lot of your friends that you still have now? I definitely... It was definitely because they talked to me first. Like, I would never initiate a conversation unless, like, it was, like, in a... I don't... Oh, actually, like, sometimes I would initiate a conversation, but it d- definitely, like, depends upon the situation. Like, with you... I asked her for a color pencil or something. I feel like that's initiating (laughs) the conversation. (laughs) But, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's so weird how friendships, like, form. Like, just, like, a simple conversation with someone. And then, like, if it clicks, it clicks. And then you just become friends. It's so crazy. But recently, with quarantine, I just don't... I'm not very good at making online friends. (laughs) I get you. Oh, but she's okay, really so, good at making online friends. If you want to give advice on that. Yeah, okay. So as an introvert, <laughs> it just it, I get anxious talking with people like face-to-face mm-hmm. because I stutter or I don't know what to say. Sometimes they don't match my energy, you know. Mm-hmm. I get pretty excited and they're like, that's cool. You know? <laughs> no that's emotion. so disappointing. So when I'm like so excited about something, someone's like, okay. And I'm like, ah. 
it's a huge here's a huge piece of advice or slice of advice if someone is talking yeah if someone is talking about something that they are passionate about then you shouldn't really you know tune them down or turn them down tune them out blah 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 exactly like just you should be a good listener you know what i'm saying and just um like when when you becoming friends with someone, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. It's kind of, like, you have to make this friendship last. Like, just kind of go with the flow. And, like, if it works out, if your personalities mesh together and you genuinely around, genuinely like being around with each other, then that's cute, you know what I'm saying? And you're improving each other. That's also a really important one. Plus, there is a big difference between just being a good listener and being an active listener. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a lot of teachers always say this. I'm not trying to be a teacher. <laughs> but, um, you know, good listening is just you taking it all in, and and I know you're kind of like a blank slate, you know. Mm-hmm. But in active listening, you're contributing back to what you're hearing. Exactly, so. and just like. Just try to be involved in the conversation, of course. And also, just like any relationship in in your entire life that you have, just make sure that you both are growing from one another. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Okay, so yeah, that's how I make online friends, just finding something to relate to, and then we keep going from there. If they are dry, because people are especially dry during, you know, messaging, mm-hmm. then I will stop talking to them because I don't want to waste my energy on that. It's definitely, like, for me, like, I... I text with, like, all capital letters, emojis, so many things. I'm just very, like, um, I really try to convey my personality through my text messages. And I know some people are just very, like, okay and, like, um, very bland in texting. And, like, I don't blame them. Like, whatever, like, you text however you want. But, like, to me, it's kind of, like, whenever I'm, like, texting with all capital letters and then they just respond in, like, tiny letters, I'm, like... Uh, yeah, the lowercase. <laughs> no, like, okay, let me give you guys a tip. If someone else is, like, using all capital letters in their text, respond back with capital letters. It, <laughs> it makes us feel better. It's kind of, like, so 21st century, you know. Exactly, yeah. But, but it's a new communication, so. Mm-hmm. Just. Um, yes, okay. So but, that's all, like, making friends. Now mm-hmm. we can go into, like, the during friends trial type exactly. of thing yeah um, um do you want to talk about so red having, flags that you saw yeah okay so having arguments is normal between friends you mm-hmm. know you're, you shouldn't have to agree with everything that they yeah. say you should hold them accountable yes oh my god okay just because i see this all the time in shows too just because you're friends with someone does not mean you have to support every single decision that they make that is I feel like that's like the complete contrary to what a relationship or a friendship is. It's for you to better one another and call each other out like when you're supposed to and just improve each other but by being like, "Oh, you're my friend. You have to you have to have my back." blah blah blah. Yes, like have your friends back, but when they're clearly in the wrong, st- mm-hmm. always 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 stand up for what's right. Don't stand up for just whoever your friends are blah blah blah. blah stand up for what you know is morally correct and to do that you have to have a firm notion of your beliefs Mm -hmm. or your values you have to have your values you can't it's it's always hard to like when you stray from them a little bit for the Mm -hmm. sake of a friend because when you do that then you begin to lose yourself exactly and you 
you mainly start to stray away from that when you kind of develop a dependency on your friend. So that's why, like, through any relationship, always try to be your own person first before anything else. Because when you're your own person, you have your own values, you have your own beliefs. And definitely your friends can impact your values and your beliefs, but it should definitely be, like, consensual and, like, understanding. Like, you understand, Uh like, oh, like, I'm gonna, like, you're learning, but you're learning for the better, not for the worse. And if we want to go with, like, the different kind of friend tropes, then, you know, there's, like, the childhood friends mm-hmm. that really sometimes do develop that codependency on each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you and I both had that going into high school. Oh, yeah. I definitely, like, definitely during my, like, freshman and sophomore year, I just had such a dependency on friendships. I would do, like, anything to, like have that friendship like every single time like yeah exactly that's why like I have such a horrible time saying like no because I'm like oh if I say no then they're gonna get mad at me and then they're not gonna want to be friends like blah 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 like please don't do what I did like it's okay to say no like if they don't want to be friends with you after that just because you said no then there weren't they weren't your friend in the first place or they weren't a healthy friend in the first place because all friendships should be understanding of where the other person is coming from and, like, from my point of view, I've been starting to say, like, stand up for myself more and, like, say no when I mean it. And, like, I feel like definitely, like, it's not as big of a deal as you think. Like, the other, the friends that, like, did stay until now, like, okay. even if when I do say no to, like, things that I just don't want to do, it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like, we can do something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very okay. adjustable. Right. I think for me, I went into high school, like I said, only knowing one friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... When they got there, I would just cling to them. And I knew all these people already, like, back and forth. I think in previous podcasts, I have mentioned that neglect has been one of my biggest issues with friends Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. relationship. In general. Where where, um, the, the one I was clinging to, that friend, was starting to neglect me, I don't know, I always thought, okay, maybe I'm being too annoying, mm-hmm. too uh, straightforward, because I always wanted to be like, hey, let's hang out, let's go here. Um, they wouldn't try to introduce me to the friends that they were making. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. would stop texting me. They would, you know, dry text. Uh, yeah. They would only really hang out with me when they were bored. And they really told me to my face, I am bored. Do you want to call? Or I am bored. Do you want to go this place? And I was like, yeah, Debbie Ryan, you know, your thing, of course. What? Okay, <laughs> if I die, I want it to be recorded. No. Okay. Don't open the door. I'll just Yeah, okay, okay, guys. So my voice is hoarse right now because I was just screaming at some Jonah not to open her door. <laughs> there is literally this... A woman outside and I don't know who she is and she's ringing the doorbell and I'm home alone and I just watched Criminal Minds and I have this biggest fear that I'm going to get murdered in my house which especially I don't want to get murdered now because I just got new bed sheets like I don't want to get blood on them already you, you can't get murdered by a Karen of all people period no literally I'm not getting murdered by a Karen and I'm not getting murdered on my bed sheets in general yeah no, oh, the bed sheets are a key cause to this. Okay. <laughs> it's terrifying. And now she's just sitting outside, waiting in her car. What do you mean? She's just sitting what? in the car outside, in her car outside, just staring at our house. That's it. Is this she is... also looking in the windows? 
She tried to. She tried to look up at my brother's window. But I tried to, like, I tried to, like, hide behind. Because we don't have blinds yet because we just moved in. And so all the windows, you can completely see through them. And I'm so scared she could see. But I tried to hide. But I'm not the best hider. But I think I know what to do when someone comes and attacks me. Right? What do you do? You, okay, ready? You have 911 on speed dial. What else do you do? <laughs> what else do you do? <laughs> what did okay, criminal life make sure that teach everything me? is locked. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kick him in the balls. Oh wait, she's a woman. She doesn't have any. Ugh. Okay, in the chest. <laughs> Obviously, it really hurts to get hurt if you get punched in the boobs. Like. I mean, many people sleep yeah. on this, you know what I'm saying? I just really, I know this has nothing to do with the topic that we're talking about today. <laughs> but, you know, Santana was about to be murdered, so we Exactly, to... we had to introduce this. But actually, <laughs> like, okay, women serial killers are very rare compared to the men serial killers. Okay, but they're more awesome. No, literally, they have a reasoning to behind why they kill. They're never going to rape or, like, sexually assault anybody. They have a reasoning. It's either that their children got raped or blah, 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 blah. Well, men are just doing yeah. it because... They hate women. Women women equal objects to or them. Or gay people. So. <laughs> exactly. So, but, yes, the boobies do hurt. Just wanted to share that with everybody. And that's a big thing. <laughs> friends with was very like they didn't give her a lot of the time of the day like she deserved because she put a lot into the relationship but she wasn't getting that back and that's a very clear sign of like hey red flag like and you know what's so weird this happens to be in a lot of the front relationships that she's in regarding friendships or romantic relationships it's just so funny it's so funny <laughs> tell me where it went wrong tell me <laughs> She has a little bit of a funny little well, it's thing. Well, people are obsessed with me, or I'm literally. Obsessed she had obsessed with such a weird stalker dude that was obsessed with her. But then she also had this other one that would literally barely give her the time of day. So she 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 only attracts the opposite ends of the spectrum. Basically, <laughs> it's her it's her specialty. Um, I don't know. For me, I definitely I don't. I don't, like, see any common traits, because, like, also, like... Are you kidding? Oh, you do? Oh, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Can you share them with me? Why do you think I would hate sitting with you at lunch, like, with all your friends? <gasps> oh, actually, I do know now. You know what's so funny? She called out every single person that I stopped being friends with. Like, she... She'd be like, hey, Sanjana, they seem a little bit iffy. I'd be like, Elizabeth, stop! 
yeah, I did tell Jada, I did tell you that your friends were fake. And I literally, it was when they were in the room, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Sanjana, you seen this one right here? <laughs> She'd literally point, and it's so funny. She would, like, stay, like, six feet away from them. And Corona wasn't a thing then, but she'd still maintain that six feet distance. And she was, was right. <laughs> she was right. I'm not friends with them because they turned out to be freaking racists. But she sensed that. It's so funny. How do you sense this, but not the neglect, Elizabeth? (laughs) This one's sus. This one's sus. Kick him out. Kick him out. (laughs) But funny thing is, she was correct about every single one. So, (laughs) who's really in? Um, a a fortune teller? What? What's the deal? Oh, but yes. Okay, so this is the friends unit. Next up, we'll go into mm-hmm. the family unit after I go get killed. So, no. um, <laughs> eh. <laughs> Guys, I finished getting murdered. Um, so, <laughs> time to talk about the You're family. You're talking to her ghost right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is my ghost form. Exactly. Elizabeth pinpoint on. Um, okay, basically, let's go ahead and let them know. I'm going to sound differently over this episode mm-hmm. just because, uh, technical difficulty okay I, I either sound like a radio show host or i sound like i'm on a distant phone call with sanjana so go ahead and take the call with us we are you know? technically on a distant phone call i am five hours yeah. away from her so eh. oh damn i didn't realize oh, that also could have something to do with the glitching um I, if you watched our last podcast you would know about the robotic voice incident that we had um, that's fine. It adds a little flavor, you know. <laughs> but Yeah, this is real with college students, so who are safely social distancing, taking corona seriously because whether you believe it or not, it's not a hoax. <gasps> I know everybody we everybody's will in not shock. cover this in our conspiracy theory episode <laughs> that's coming soon. We will not <laughs> talk about this whole virus as a conspiracy theory no if you guys i just it doesn't make okay, sense anyway. sorry sorry yes that's safe for the conspiracy theory episode we're gonna focus on families now okay so i guess we can start with parenting styles this isn't just to like parents who are listening or, mm-hmm. or i children see you i know that 160 year old who's here somewhere this isn't direct mm-hmm. this is Oh, is that bad to call people out like that? <laughs> we saw our analytics. You know, I'm happy that we are reaching so many um, age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, okay. So okay, so this is parenting styles or like guardian, I don't mm-hmm. know, whoever you live with mm-hmm. that's older than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are four parenting styles. Okay, you can go ahead and just mentally say which one you're dealing with or it's so funny you think i know which one oh you're talking to me or are you talking to the audience in general oh to the audience okay because i don't know the four parenting styles this is her like arena this in ap psychology sanjana which explains everything because you never paid attention i never i i regret not paying attention in psychology though because now that i'm watching criminal minds it's so much more interesting but continue use your intelligence (laughs) okay so there's the authoritative parent and that one is is strict but Mm -hmm. there's still communication within that you Mm -hmm. know 
Um, but if you have an author- authoritarian parent, then I'm sorry for you because cruel punishment is their number one thing. It's very like, I know what's right for you. Like, you, you're too young to understand. I can make the decisions for you. I, I know a lot about this one. All you Asian people out there, Asian people, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Sunshine <laughs> has hers raised. Welcome, welcome to the club. Raise your hands. I'm right here with you. It's kind of just like you're not heard because the parent thinks they know everything. And I, I know that I shouldn't be the first one to tell you that this is wrong because every single child is different. And your job as a parent, there's no set way to follow it. You work with your children. Yes. And the thing is, these parenting styles it like highly impact the children for you it's hard to say no and that's deeply rooted with your parents exactly. <laughs> it's like it's very like I don't think like I truly understood but like when you're a child whatever type of parenting or relationship or environment that you're exposed to unconsciously that's the kind of environment you're going to attract yourself to in the future so if you're in an abusive household with your parents like abusing you hitting you unconsciously you will choose a a romantic relationship later on in the future where your partner is submissively abusive but it's not like it's not like you want that it's kind of like it's just the only thing that you're exposed to right and that's what you think is yeah that's what you think is love because that's the only thing that you know um then there's also permissive which is kind of like the cool mom but Mm, like the one for mean girls yeah think of mean girls think of um Regina, is that her name? Regina's mom. The one that just gave them alcohol or whatever. Like, So that one, it kind of has a lot. Okay, it can go either way. Mm-hmm. Either the kids can be really responsible because they kind of take up the caretaker role for their mm-hmm. parent to make up for them not having, you know, the authoritative at least mm-hmm. part. Um, or you can stray the whole other way and get involved in, I don't know, substance mm-hmm. abuse. Taking responsibility and that child be, being like the golden child for the sake of the family mm-hmm. or going the other way and being like, uh, my parents don't care, so I'm going to go rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be there for your children. Be Like, if you're not ready to have a child, please don't have a child. And I know that's even, like, more difficult now, like, with all the abortion, stupid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, genuinely speaking, like, if you're not ready to have one, you're just putting the child in harm's way and you're putting yourself in harm's way. So. Mm-hmm. And then, so the final one is <laughs> my favorite to talk about <laughs> because I've had experience. But um, this is not with my mom, of course, because she's my, her mom, the love of my life. <laughs> her mom is the love of my life as well. Um, me and her mom basically are best friends. Um, more like Elizabeth is just kind of like a side piece. I'm not gonna lie. Like me, me and her mom are the true friendship here, and like Elizabeth just happens to be there. But she's just kind of like, okay, like what's up? But like me and her mom, we're the true best friends. Might just start a podcast with her mom. Might just. <laughs> okay anyway so the last parenting style is the absent parent Mm -hmm. this is this one is like the saddest one the most depressing one i can think of it doesn't just mean you know if that parent is deceased or in jail or uh they just completely like physically abandon you it can also Mm -hmm. mean that they are physically present but they aren't mentally Mentally. checked in with you exactly like they don't care what you do you know what i'm saying like 
Exactly. They're not there for you. What you do. And Um, like I would say, there's not like one parent where it's like it's like it can fit into like it's not very black and white like that. It's definitely a mix of both. You just have to find out what works well with the child that you're with. You know what I'm saying? Like, because every children is different. Um, but I feel like a clear one that like most parents should strive for is the, the strict but understanding one. Yeah. The authoritative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and for the parents listening, uh, again, we are barely children here, but we know what it's like to have, you know, the other side, you're getting another perspective, you know, and it's good to listen. It's good to be open-minded. And we have big families, I think. So it's not only our parents. We also see, like, our cousins' parents, mm-hmm. like our aunts and uncles and stuff. But, okay, parents, it's completely normal if you don't, if you both have completely different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. What matters is that compromise. Exactly. So. And, like, it's just so weird to me. Like, I always think about this. Like, um, like when a, before a child is born, like, you see parents reading so many handbooks on like how to take care of the child like when they're born like what to feed them how to take care of them while they're in the womb like so many things how many precautions are taken then as they should be taken but I definitely feel like after like the child is like going into like the elementary school middle school era like parents kind of think that they got it in control and that's completely understandable I mean a parent knows their child very well but it definitely doesn't mean that you can't you can be negligent to like other advice given from other people like yes you do know your child but there are like sign like it's there's like science and behavioral studies to analyze what is best for your children especially during those stages of like middle school high school it's like you might know your child but it's definitely still important to be open-minded it's still definitely like important to read articles on how to take care of your child during those times and it's just so like weird to me how it's kind of like oh you know what I only need to read these books when they're a child, even mm-hmm. when they're a baby. After they're middle school, I know it's I know what's happening to them, you know. And but also, there is like no rule book, and that even is true. if you pay attention to those books, mm-hmm. you don't know how that parent really is with their children. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I actually do like your idea about reading like the actual articles mm-hmm. because those are scientifically backed or based. Um, if you're religious, I don't know, read the Bible (laughs) or whatever, um, literature your religion Mm -hmm. goes with, but, um, of course not to be taken literally in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. I like that that you're bringing out the child development stuff. Stop. Not my major. Eh, Okay. (laughs) But do you want to talk about like coping mechanisms and like how we deal with our family stress? Yeah, that's a good one, because it is normal to fight or Mm -hmm. have arguments within your family. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go? Oh, and also I was going to say this, like, children are especially malleable during that elementary and middle school, those, like, that era, Um, but even now, me and Sanjana are 18, we're still being influenced by our parents. Very Um, impressionable, like... It's just, it's just who we are, like, especially during those teenagers. That's why, like, usually after, like, 22, it's kind of like our personality kind of comes sets in place. But, like, during these teenagers, we are trying to figure out who we are. And it's definitely really hard, especially when you have really strict parents trying to push their own ideals onto them while trying to figure out who we are as a person. And I think the most important thing a parent can do during this time is just, like, help us figure out who we are instead of pushing their own. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting because I know I'll I'll just talk about my my mom right now, but oh, love her that love that queen definitely evil. <laughs> she 
she really did evolve. She went from, I guess she used to be like authoritarian just because I was the only child, right? Or mm-hmm. I am the only mm-hmm. child. So she wasn't, she didn't know what to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, uh, she evolved from that to authoritative to now we're best friends. Oh, so we are best friends. Um, Correct okay. yourself. <laughs> yeah, I completely get it. <laughs> it's definitely like, I would say my middle school and high school years were definitely the hardest, especially with my mom. Cause my dad, I mean, he's just kind of there, but definitely with my mom, she was so strict. Like she kept trying to push a lot of her own personality onto me. And like, that's just not who I am. And I was just trying to figure out my own values and my own morals. And it was definitely hard when like her being looking over my shoulder at all times. And so I think we would definitely get mad and fight at each other a lot. And like, I feel like until like recently, like junior or senior year of high school, I would definitely be like, I just realized like me explaining my side of the story to her isn't going to do anything because she's not going to change who she is. I mean, I... That's stubbornness. Uh Yeah, it's not to say that I'm not going to give up. It's going to say, it's more to say that I'm going to choose my battles. And if like, if I can afford, because like avoiding like the confrontation at the end of the day, I would end up apologizing and nothing would change. And so now I just kind of go my own way. And if that has to do with like lying or deceiving, even though I know that sound horrible, but if it helps both the parties and you're in that type of situation, do what you can. Like if it helps avoid confrontation and it helps you, like, I'm not saying go out and do drugs and alcohol or anything like that, but just kind of like, you know, like moderate things. And it's just kind of like, if it helps you and if it's not hurting anybody, like, I mean, yeah, I think we've learned from our parents or whatever that experimentation is normal mm-hmm. with a lot of different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, it's a phase. It can be a phase because you're experimenting. Yeah. So, And it's okay if it's a phase. Like, it's def- definitely something that you have to go through. Like, um, but yeah, so just um, if you are in that strict kind of household thing, just... Yes, it's hard, and there's going to be a lot of times where you just want to say something and argue back because you don't want to stay silent. And if you feel like, if you're staying silent... Sometimes you do have to bite your tongue. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if you, if, I know, like, that feeling, like, if you stay silent, it's kind of like, oh, you're not standing up for yourself. It's not that you're not standing up for yourself, it's just, like, you're preventing yourself from getting hurt later on. And that's completely okay. Just, like, hold out as long as you can and just move out or, like, just try to do things that will help you. Like, my coping mechanism... I love embroidering. Like, anytime I'm mad and I just, like, need to stay calm and just not talk back, I'll go into my room, put a Criminal Minds episode, and embroider something. Or have a little dance party. Those are my coping mechanisms. Just healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah, okay. So, I also, like, resonate with you in, like, the middle school years. Like, I was bullied throughout that time and I had fake friends. Same. Same. Yeah. (laughs) Twinsies. Uh, I am. I didn't realize the part about the fake friends part, so I would tell my mom everything. And she'd, for the bullying, she'd be like, oh, why didn't you just stand up for yourself? Why didn't you just tell them off? Mm-hmm. Because that's how she is. Yeah. And, like, that's not me. We stand her. Oh, but, yeah, exactly. Me too. Like, for me, like, <laughs> I I definitely was bullied in middle school as well. But I didn't see it as bullying. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, why did I deal with that? But for me... I like to play it off because, like, if I recognize it as bullying, then it just, like, it's kind of, like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm, and so, like, yeah, yeah, and so, like, I thought, like, I would let other people make fun of me, but I thought I was laughing with them 
It was not. It was not me with them. It was at me, and it was not fun. <laughs> and it was not a fun time. Like I feel like deep down, I knew that it kind of actually hurt, but I would put on this like facade and be like, you know, it's fine. It's funny. Like, haha, you guys are so funny. But it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a similar facade, but mine. I thought I was like I was so emo at this period. <laughs> but, um... Elizabeth, emo stage. <laughs> I need to see this. Yes. I need pictures. I need pictures. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I was like, I used to, this was like my poetry phase, like where I really got into writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would basically, I also kept a journal diary, which was interesting because mm-hmm. I hadn't kept one for a while. But I would basically, my whole facade was show only happiness and no anger, no sadness, no frustration with people. Mm-hmm. So then people automatically painted me as the, oh, just sunshine, yeah. yeah. With I a think, perfect life or whatever. Yeah, that's that. That I I kind of went to that too. Like I would just people wouldn't know me as a person. Like they'd be like, oh, like she'll never get mad. So like they thought that they could mm-hmm. say anything to me and like and like and the thing is, I would never get mad. Like they literally they could say whatever they want about me, and I would never get mad. But it's kind of like deep down, I was mad. I'm like, how am I allowing this? But I didn't say mm-hmm. anything because to fit into that own thing that I created for myself. And it's so weird, like, during middle school times, I'm like, oh my god, this is such a fun time, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, oh, why did I go through that? Like, why? What was I thinking? Like, I think definitely during your middle school years, you want to be accepted so badly. Regardless of Mm -hmm. where you come from, who you are. Like, that's just what phase your brain goes through during those times. Unfortunately. It literally all revolves, like, adolescence revolves around acceptance. And just fitting in. And finding yourself. Yeah, and, and, like, the whole thing with popularity and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's so, it's so dumb. I think it's, like, literally, like, I'm so happy I grew, I definitely grew out of, like, the popularity, like, thing phase. Mm -hmm. Middle schools, during the middle school time, so when I went to high school, I wasn't as obsessed with that. But during high school, I was definitely a little bit more, um, to say, uh, to say a little bit, I thought a boy would solve all my problems type of thing. But the only you one know, who any teenage movie. Yeah. Any teenage. I definitely think media has a lot to do with, like, who we are during those times. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you would see so many movies, and it's all of these girls having problems, and then this dude they meet comes around, and all their problems are fixed. But that is not how the real world works. The only people who... Yeah, and then the... It's like every time the families in those movies are like, you can't be with him, you can't be with her. And so it paints the parent as a villain, which they aren't always a villain. Your parents could honestly be like, they are very impactful in your life. And if you are a good parent, by good parent, I mean just listening to your child, actively listening. Be a good listener, just... You, it can help. Love languages also come in mm-hmm. from, from parents. Yes. So exactly. I know when my mom used to be like more authoritarian mm-hmm. slash authoritative, mm-hmm. I would never understand why she would uh, tell me things like, oh, just be tough, be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What's anxiety? Don't be anxious. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. All the problems are solved. Don't be anxious. Don't, don't be depressed. Just Easy. Away, you know? <laughs> but her love language was that like tough love brutal honesty mm-hmm. and but the thing is she was right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean maybe not in the way of like oh just tell them off because mm-hmm. i tend to be more methodical of a <laughs> <laughs> uh i i 
if you watch the movie Hush, it's described as writer's brain, where, where you think of like every possible outcome that someone can uh, think of, that someone can mm-hmm. have towards whatever you say or do. So that's what I do. It's draining, but it it makes sense. Yeah, you just want the best possible outcome. That completely makes sense. I I have do that to somewhat of a degree. Um, not too much, but definitely, yeah, I feel like the authoritative love, I think my mom's definitely like that, but my mom's more of, like, the guilt-tripping kind, it's kind of like, I do all of the this for you, yeah, the very gaslighting kind, kind of, I do all of this for you, how can you not do this for me, and at first I would definitely feel really bad, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm such a horrible daughter, blah blah blah, but then, like, later on I realized, I was like, this is the type of love that she was exposed to when she was younger, and she probably, like, this is why she's like this now. And it's not trying to justify her actions in any way. Like, no, but recognition is the first step. And exactly. it's amazing. If it you just recognize right now, yeah. if you're listening and you're able to pinpoint what your parent or guardian mm-hmm. style is or what their love language is, and you've already done half your exactly. battle. So. Like, by recognizing it, I'm not trying to justify it or anything. I'm just trying to understand it because by understanding it, you know what you're working with and you know what's right and what's wrong. By understanding that this is what she's doing, I'm like, oh, like, I understand that's not an adequate way to communicate love and I understand that she's not going to change that kind of way that she communicates love but what I can do is work with that and see how to get the best possible outcome for both of us that ends up hurting me less than how much it hurt me like before you know what I'm saying but then when you do see their parenting sorry if I if you do see like their parenting style and you figure out their love language Here's a little note. The love language that you have or your parent has, anyone has, Mm -hmm. it's what they didn't receive as a child. That is also true. Yeah. So I'll call myself out and expose myself and say that my love language is affection. Not to say that my mom didn't or my parents didn't always hug me, Mm -hmm. but they were, they've always been very busy working individuals. Mm -hmm. So I, I can see now that it was because they were always working and... That's so funny. I think, yeah, my mom, like, loves giving... Like, I don't know if she likes giving hugs or anything, but I hate hugs. I don't know why. I've told this to Elizabeth before. Where are you supposed to put your hands? Where? I, do you put them? think about that. What do you mean you're not supposed to think about that? Those are things oh I think God. about all the time. And then, you I don't, know. what if they put their hands underneath my armpits and my armpits are sweaty? Elizabeth, your hand placement matters so much. Hugs are so um, confusing. You know, I make someone trying to hug me every time. Oh, 100%. Elizabeth is literally one of the only people I hug. I also only have, like, five friends. But out of the five friends, she's, like, the only one I hug. Okay, listen. I will show you how to hug. Okay, you can either go, like, shoulder to shoulder like this. A virtual hug. (laughs) Can I just do a shoulder bump? Those are the only type of hugs that I like. Or you can go, like, over their neck. Ew! I want to do a shoulder bump hug. I don't... Okay, then it's also neck and under their arm. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to go with the fist. I think a fist pump is the best hug that we can have. Oh, should we, should we end this podcast with a fist pump? Because <laughs> we are nearing yeah. oh, in. Oh, I think we still have a few more things. Uh, okay, because we're nearing in, but yeah. Um. Okay, let's see. Let me think. We covered our coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what's your love language? Do you know? I. <laughs> it's definitely not oh, hugs. Some people can be emotionally unavailable. 
that's I think that's me. no okay I'm definitely like if you need something to talk about I'm definitely there to listen blah 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 but when it comes to physical physical little bit little bit um distanced you know what okay, I'm so saying maybe like um inti- intimacy but like communication wise yes there you go love how she worded it <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> I think quality time is also one of yours Mm-hmm. I definitely, oh, yeah, definitely. Because I don't like hanging out with people. It's not that I don't like it. I just feel like I'm not definitely, like, my full self when I'm hanging out with people in groups. Because it's just, like, I just have different personalities with a lot of different people. And I just, I'm, like, a lot, it's a lot easier for me to be my, like, one full personality with, like, like two, one or two people. That's, like, it, it gives it more quality, like, communication, you know? But I feel like with a lot of people, it's just too overwhelming for me. And so when parents have to compromise with each other, you, if you're a kid and you have a parent, or if you're a parent and you have a kid, you also compromise with them. And that's basically your way into, mm-hmm. what, the glory days? I don't know. Uh, also note that strict parents breed good liars. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm here for proof. I'm here for proof. Um, so am I. Hello. Yeah, it's not just criminal minds that's helped me. <laughs> but definitely, like, I'm not, like, just... Just because your parents are like that, by understanding how they are, that doesn't mean that's how you have to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, be better than your parents. Be, be a better human that's being. The like, whole point, you I can think, improve of like continuing the lineage. Like, exactly. To give your kids or your future whatever a better life. Exactly. And by better life, I'm not just talking about better job security, money, blah blah blah. But just be a better human being. Like, I'm not, it's not to say that your parents aren't good human beings. They probably are wonderful human beings. But just, if you can improve, try to. Learn from your parents. Mm-hmm. Learn about their good qualities. You know what? You can also hold your parents accountable. And your whole family. That's, I think, exactly. another big thing we were going to say. Mm-hmm. Holding your family accountable. Yeah. Like, just, like, just don't blindly follow anybody in your life. Always. This is not a cult, yeah. Yeah. No, no, never. Not a cult. Like, just think for yourself. It's okay to be skeptical. Don't never ever follow a single person blindly. Just because someone don't be like, oh, this person told me to do it. I'm gonna do it. Never. If you even catch yourself thinking like that, just think back to this podcast. I don't know. You might remember you told me this one time, but the way that I think about it, like, if you like, let's say everyone off the face of this planet died and you were the only one left, would you be okay with yourself? Would you be with the okay with the actions that you made? Would you be happy with the person that you are? Like, could you live with yourself? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Could you live with yourself? And the answer should be yes. Should be yes. (laughs) I know, like, there's definitely, like, days where it's kind of, like, iffy. But overall, just try to have that as your primary goal. Families can, you know, argue with each other, but they can also be toxic. I feel like from social media, TikTok Mm -hmm. shows, they really highlight on how toxic family members can be because mm-hmm. you know your cousin over there can be like oh you're fat why are you fat yeah <laughs> oh that's like also like a lot of like indian families especially my family in india it's kind of like oh like you're so fat like you should lose weight like it's just like completely like when you first see them like I, my mom does this all the time and it bothers me like when we go to a friend's house like this one time we went to this friend's house and like it was my mom's friend and then she was talking to her husband, and she was like, oh, you, like, gained weight. Like, what happened? I was like, uh. I was like, oh, my God. But, like, I think she was so casual with saying it because, like, they've said it to her. Like, it's just a very, like, 
casual thing to talk about. I'm like, that's not how you speak to another person. Like, who cares? Who- <laughs> what kind of greeting? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I never had that experience. Oh, my God. But no, I it's do know that so common. When like, I was younger, which is crazy, when I was younger, like a little, little, like, um, eight-year-old or whatever, mm-hmm. and I told uh, my a family relative like my dream job which at the time oh, even then it was like oh fbi oh, yeah love that but <laughs> they they told me you're a girl you're not strong enough so i was so eight. dumb literally so dumb she's literally literally i was eight how are you gonna tell that to an eight-year-old misogyny is real it still exists they were like, become a teacher. And now, out of spite, I'm never going to teach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think that's definitely, like, a... I, like, think I thought of being a pediatrician or, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's just kind of annoying. It's kind of just like, oh, just come... Because I'm a girl. Like, they're going to make, like... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like You also mentioned that your family really put on, like, the whole yeah, doctor, like, become a doctor. Yeah, they definitely put on that idea of, like, oh, be a doctor, be a doctor. And I just don't know if that's what I want to truly do or if that's all that I've been exposed to. But that's another topic. We can do that in career advice. (laughs) (laughs) Me questioning my life. (laughs) So, yeah. You want to end this out with a fist pump? Oh. Catch us next time. Our next one is conspiracies, right? Yes. Okay. So, we will be doing a slice of conspiracies. I'm very excited. If you have any last minute ideas for conspiracies, go ahead and email us. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And, we and we'll be doing, like, extensive yes. research, you know? Yes, 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 yes. We will actually be fully prepared for that next one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know a lot uh, of things have been... This one, <laughs> died, um... <laughs> died, could've, could've... I'm, I am dead. Not could've, I am. This is my ghost. And okay. this ghost is leaving you out with a fist pump. Okay, ready? Ooh, that's all. Slice, Slice of, of life. life.